0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hoops and Cards. I'm Gary and excited today to talk to you a little bit about 90s basketball. In fact, 90s b-ball cards host and YouTube personality extraordinaire, collector, investor, Jake, will be joining us. And I'm excited to get his perspective. I know we say I'm excited a lot, but I actually am excited to get his perspective because the 90s and early 2000s was a season where I just kind of tuned out. I love basketball, paid attention to the NBA, like I watched a lot of Sean Kemp, Kevin Garnett, of course, Jordan, and and all those guys, but but cards, no. So he's going to help us think through the larger part of the sports card, the basketball card market, back to the 90s, early 2000s, and also looking at today's playoff, Hall of Fame, all those things going on today in basketball cards. So why don't we just get after it? Hey, everybody, I'm excited today to hear another story of a guy who's just super passionate about basketball, about basketball cards, about our hobby. Uh, Jake from 90s B-Ball Cards, man, thanks for joining us today here at Hoops and Cards. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. We, we love hearing stories of, I mean, your, your passion, your energy, your longevity when it comes to the hobby. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about, man, how did you get hooked? How, how did you get into... Whether it's as a sports fan, but then collecting, because because now you're all the way to, you know, content creation, YouTube channel, all of the things, and and you're giving back to the hobby, love it. But how did you get started?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, I grew up in a household. I was one of three boys, so oh. uh, there was no shortage of, of in our house. Um, so growing up, my older brother, he was a big baseball fan. He uh, actually so. A little bit of behind the scenes, he had dyslexia. So he had some trouble with, you know, letters and numbers and, and transposing those. So one of the ways that my parents devised to get him to, you know, get a little bit better with that is to get him reading more. And one of the things he liked to read about or learn about was sports and statistics. So naturally sports cards played into that. So uh, he and my dad collected a lot of baseball and football when I was growing up. And, uh, you know, from the age of like five, they would bring me to shows with them and I didn't really know what I was doing, (laughs) but (laughs) I would, yeah, I would follow around and look at the Marshall folks and look at the Napoleon Kaufman's and the Nolan Ryan's and the Bo Jackson's and, uh, tell him which ones I thought he should buy based on nothing other than what looked cool (laughs) to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then when my dad would offer to buy me a pack, I would opt for the X-Men or the Spider man and, you know, that type of stuff. So, um, then, you know, when I got, to, it was about 1995 that I started collecting for my own. Um, and the reason for that was I spent a lot of time in the summer with my grandparents and they lived, or their summer cottage was right by uh, Olympia Sports. Okay. And, and they had just opened one and their promotion to get you in the door was they would give you a free pack of 95, 96 hoop series two. Um And I went. Every day, as many times as possible to get as many packs <laughs> right? as I could. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so, yeah, that's where I started. And, um, you know, the Chase cards back then were the Jerry Stackhouse rookie and the Damon Stoudemire rookie and the Big Country Bryant Reeves rookie. Uh-huh. Um, and there were a few other kids in the area that were the same age as us. As us. So we would all go and get the packs and then we try to trade. And I did my first trade. I was I was coerced by my older brother. I pulled a John Starks and he pulled a Jalen. No, I pulled the Jalen Rose. He pulled the John Starks. Okay. He wanted the Jalen Rose being a second year guy from the Fab Five. And um, I didn't want to trade it because I felt like I knew a little bit about him and his last name was Rose. So I thought that was cool. Uh, right. So <laughs> right? He, he ended up coer- coercing me into taking the John Starks, which I didn't want because I said he looks like an old man. You know, the, <laughs> the card didn't look that great. You know, that's all I cared about. So uh, that was my first trade begrudgingly. And then um, after that, I was hooked into like, okay, why does he, why did he like this card? And um, you know, just kind of all the, all the fun that I was having with, with my friends and my brothers. Um, And that's where it all started. And then from there, my dad would get us packs and boxes and singles when we would be celebrating birthday or Christmas and we'd all open them together. And, and then, you know we each developed our own players that we liked uh so my younger brother was a big bulls fan you know in the 90s who wasn't right and he liked jordan so of course i had to root against him and his team um (laughs) and and as a young kid i was confused because i would watch you know on our standard deaf tvs without the high def that we have now i couldn't tell when i was watching the bulls uh other than you know sometimes i could see the number and then when I'd watch these other teams, and the, the other team that was prominent at that point was the Magic, um, Scotty Pippen and Penny Hardaway had the same kind of haircut, you know, they were about the same build, right. they just had different colored jerseys and different numbers. So I I was confused. I thought the that the guy on the Bulls was traded to the Magic. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll root for this guy that came from the Bulls. And then I saw them playing against each other, and I was very confused, because I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. then i asked my dad i was like wait i thought that guy was treated and he was explaining to me who penny hardaway was and i was like okay that's my guy he's good uh you know he's taking it to the bowls so um i can root against my brother's team and and there's a good rivalry already between jordan and penny at that point so uh that's kind of where I, that the long story of how i got into it and how i got passionate well for cards and, and penny yeah and jake does that kind of explain
0: the you know the origins of even your 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 name 90s b-ball cards that's like the season when you got hooked absolutely or like that that's that's awesome i just i was looking forward to having this conversation because like i collected in the late 80s when basketball cards weren't really worth anything mm-hmm. and then like, i was more into baseball for trying to make a little bit of money and then uh, around junior senior year of high school which for me was like 91 92 so that's I'm a little older, but like I got out of cards and certainly out of basketball cards around the time you were getting in, like in right. the mid mid 90s. And uh and yeah, so maybe bring us up to speed on like once you got in, like were you just full on collecting just basketball or collecting and investing whatever was, you know, whatever looked like a way to it sounds like you you just love the love the chase and love the experience of collecting cards and rooting for teams and weren't, weren't so much in it for profit necessarily. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, back at that time in the nineties, the only way that we knew the value of our cards was looking at the old Beckett magazines. Right. Um, you know, so we'd buy those often when we go to shops. And I remember again, you know, with my grandparents, uh, in the summer, <laughs> my brother and I would go through this annual chore of pricing out every single card, of our, you know, players. So Penny and and Jordan and figuring out, you know, it's kind of a competition between us who had the more valuable card, you know, whichever card was the most valuable of ours, who's had, was the best and uh, and had the more valuable collection. Um, And my grandfather, you know, at that point, he was the Dean of a, of an MBA program. He sat us down and said, you know, boys, those cards are worth nothing unless somebody's willing to pay that for it. So this Mm -hmm. book might say, you know, this is a $5 card, but unless you find a buyer, It's not worth $5, Um, you know, so that also kind of ingrained in us, you know, we're collecting for the enjoyment of the cards, you know, the competition between, you know, the friendly rivalry, uh, but it was really kind of more like a a high score on a scoreboard of a video game uh, Mm -hmm. than anything for us to value. Um, And we really sought after the cards that, you know, we were familiar with that looked cool. So if we saw something in the showcase of a card shop, or we saw a picture in a Beckett, um, and we thought something looked neat that would make us want it all that much more and start buying the packs to try to pull the cards and, and all that type of stuff. And, and a lot of it, just like you were saying, it's, it was the community and the experience to have, uh, you know, with my brothers and my friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, just
0: remembering those days of the Beckett basketball card monthly, I mean, there's nostalgia and it's kind of nauseating to think how, how quickly outdated you know, and, and how much work it was to find out the value of cards. So the magazines, are those worth much now? Like I have a few old, like first year Beckett basketball. I wonder if I should look those up.
1: Yeah. You know, so (laughs) I've picked up a couple and I still had some floating around, you know, I see them on eBay piece. Okay. Um, You know, I I wonder if some of those first copies might be a little bit more valuable and obviously, you know, ones with Jordan on them or if there's a significant thing about the, the cover, uh, sometimes those go for like 10 bucks, but I haven't seen the significant value. I, I mean, maybe okay. if you get one autographed by Jordan or, or somebody else that might, uh, hold a little bit more value. So, but, so the Beckett with Penny Hardaway on it that I
0: saw you posted recently, that yeah. was just for fun. Like that's cause you love Penny and that it wasn't yeah, necessarily. Well, actually, investment.
1: That's, that's, that's a fun story. So, uh, the yeah. guys from, um, pack to the future podcast, yeah. uh, they're out in Utah and uh, one of the guys, Chad, was telling me that when he was a kid, he was at the mall. Anderson, who played on the Magic with Penny, when they were out there to play against the Jazz. And the only thing he had for Nick Anderson to sign was a Beckett with Penny on the front. And Nick Anderson's just small in the background. Um, <laughs> so he got him to sign that. And then he found it nice. <laughs> in a closet recently. And he was like, I know who needs this, you know. <laughs> so oh, yeah. he sent that over. To him, so that was a nice gift from him. Oh, that's
0: Awesome. That's great. Well, okay, I'd love to get your take, Jake, on the uh, the market lately for basketball cards. Like beginning of this NBA season, you know, January, February, things were way up. And then you saw yep. like uh, Vintage and Goats and some of the like 90s stars, like a lot of those, obviously Jordan and Kobe, like going way up. And now it seems like things have cooled on just about every level. I'd love to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on Cause here's, here's my, my deal is I've been doing this, uh, you know, came back to the hobby several years ago. I've been doing this seriously for a year and a half. So I'm just learning the seasons and the trends and, you know, buy ahead of the news, like, right. You know, buy, buy on the hype. And and at the same time, I'm, I'm also trying to balance some stuff I just buy cause I, I like it. Like you said, it looks cool. Others it's, I'm hoping to buy at the right time cause I don't want to, I don't want to lose money on this stuff either i'm just curious what your take is like like where we're at as a
1: as a card market yeah and this has been a really uh year i mean really the last 12 months have been like no other um you know even just in the sports world but outside of uh the pandemic and everything has made everything a little different and the cycles have been different than we've seen in prior years but um what we're seeing now is pretty typical right before the playoffs uh, for basketball cards. Uh, And then, you know, just like we saw in the bubble last year, during the playoffs, some players will start to heat up, um, you know, whether it's a player like, you know, I'm just going to throw examples. Let's say like Kawhi Leonard has a great run of the playoffs and people start remembering, oh yeah, that's right. He is an MVP candidate and a perennial all-star. And, you know, people will start buying his Prism rookie cards again. Or if it's a lesser known player, like we saw, you know, using the Raptors again, like a Fred Van Vliet, Then all of a sudden people are like, oh, who is this guy? And they start looking and trying to buy his, you know, (laughs) I bought a silver card of his, you know, a few years back for a dollar. And I sold it for like 10 um, when he was playing really well through the playoffs uh, because he doesn't have a true rookie, um, you know, with a shield in prism. So, you know, we'll start seeing that stuff once the the playoffs start um, in the next week and, you know, the playing games and all that stuff happen. Um, And that's, that's kind of the typical cycle. And, you know, as (laughs) I always try to remind people, um, you know, if if you've got, let's say, cards of uh, somebody on, you know, whatever team is the eighth seed, you know, let's just say the Celtics, for example, I know they'll be in the play. And, you know, you're, you're big into Carson Edwards, let's say, if your team's the eighth seed, and that guy is a fringe player, and they're out in the first round, there's not a whole lot, you know, as, as teams get eliminated, those players in their cards are gonna fall off very quickly. Um yep. so, you know, seeing the guys on the teams like the Lakers and and like the Sixers and, you know, the Bucks and those those teams that are gonna go further, typically they have a longer ramp to uh to see their card prices ascend and then then they get into the off season and things cool and you know, then we get into the preseason and things heat up again. So it's that typical cyclical nature of the basketball market, in my opinion anyway. I think first I think the, yeah, for, the oh, go the, ahead. Sorry, that's all right. Go ahead. You're good. Uh, I think the pandemic also plays into it a little bit because you know some areas things are starting to open up a little bit. Um, you know, so people might be doing their um, discretionary income, whereas they they couldn't do as much with it before. So, um, you know, I think that might be playing into the factors a little bit, but mostly it's just cyclical.
0: Yeah. People actually go into baseball games or basketball games now or going golfing or, right. yeah, I, well, it makes sense. We, we often try to like as NBA fans who also love cards, try to pay attention to what's going on in the, in the actual season, the playoffs, all that, how players are playing and how that could affect the card market. Um, and at the same time, there are guys that, that, you know, you have known for as players and as hall of famers guys that, I mean, you mentioned Penny Hardaway earlier, Penny, Shaq. I mean, the nineties guys, we saw a, we saw a rise in them. And that's like, I, I don't, wouldn't even know where to start when it comes to guys I used to love watching like Sean Kemp, Carl Malone, Charles mm-hmm. Barkley. There's, there's like 50 guys I could rattle off Steve Nash, Ray Allen. And so like at one of the recent card shows I was at this, this guy was there for the first time, set up a table and he had thousands of those kinds of guys like 90s Mm -hmm. uh, early 2000s rookies and he he was new to the whole selling thing and he wasn't trying to get top dollar and I was like I know I should buy something but (laughs) I'm not really sure what like I'm not sure you know there's the there's the yeah when when Garnett and Duncan and Kobe get inducted to the Hall of Fame there we know they're going to be in the news again but how do you decide which 90s guys to chase I guess that's I'd love your perspective on that
1: yeah, so for me, it really again, it, it's all nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, you know. So Penny's definitely my number one PC, um, you know. So I'm always looking for new pennies <laughs> to add to my collection, uh, you know. And it it gets harder every every time I get a new one. It gets harder to get to find another one that I don't have, um, you know. But then my other my kind of number two guy growing up was Iverson. Um, okay, loved watching him, so I love getting his cards. And then my number three uh, was KG so um, yeah it's it's been fun watching what's happened with his cards because i have a lot of them and then it's a matter of me deciding so like a little bit into my collection i'm what i would consider a completionist um where i have a goal to get as many unique penny hardaway cards as were produced when he played as possible um and then if there's like an insert set From the 90s that he wasn't in, I want to get one of those. And if one of my other guys that I collect is in that set, then I want to get theirs. Um, but if there's nobody that I collect for, you know, individual players, then I'll just, you know, I'll grab a Rod Strickland or a Cedric sabalas or whoever else. Dude, yeah,
0: you're dropping some of my fantasy basketball all-star team right there. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Rod Strickland. But yeah, so it sounds like you you're trying to get because you love Penny, and you know they'll at least retain some value. And even if they don't, you'll still love them. Exactly. Exactly. I'm curious about uh, uh, guys that are. Are there other guys from that era, say late '90s, early 2000s, where okay, w- we obviously have seen a run up and down with with Kobe, Jordan, a bunch of others, but I, I'm I'm wondering if there's if there are guys that are like, hey, this this guy's still kind of under the radar, people aren't appreciating him, and Dirk Nowitzki comes to mind for me. I don't know about Steve Nash, but are there people that you you would put in that category of, Hey, this guy's a low key steal right now. And if you don't want to tell us, that's fine too. I get it. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely one guy that I think of that I'll probably keep to myself, but no, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Jerry I know Payton. you were, you were yeah. talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that one guy. I just want every card of, um, no, but I know you're talking about Dirk whiskey lately. Um, and I think he's definitely one of those guys. Cause he's, he's going to hit the hall and he's going to be an all time great Mavericks player. Um, and we have seen his cards along with everybody. I mean, every, every card that seems like is, is up right now um, from yeah. where it was, you know, 18 months ago. So um, to see, a, to see cards go up from where they are right now, it's, you know, it's tough to say it. My dad always used to joke around that, you know, his crystal ball was broken. Um, <clears throat> so, mm. it, you know, it, it's, it, I could, I could think of a million reasons for any number of players from the nineties to go up all of a sudden just because i like them all and i couldn't remember you know gary payton and i love the glove shoes uh you know jason Uh kidd he's coaching now and and um you know with the triple doubles that russell westbrook is putting up it kind of reminds me of what um jason kidd did in the 90s with a lot of the triple doubles you know nothing close to what russ was doing is doing now but um you know you mentioned sean kemp he's one of those guys that if you think about those old sonics teams if the sonics franchise ever comes back
0: True. Um, oh, that's true.
1: remembering, you know, so there's so many different reasons, you know, Shaq was having his moment this year. You know, people have speculated maybe Hakeem will have a moment if uh, you know, people that are familiar with uh, African players start to get into cards, you know, but centers tend to not do great, you know, and then do people gravitate towards the Kevin Mutombo instead. I love
0: the commercials with Matumbo in them. Have you seen right. those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. We finger wag all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, yeah, you got a great point. Like, and trying to anticipate franchise legends and uh, and teams that might be, you know, deeper running the playoffs or just big news. Yeah.
1: I will say there's one guy that I'm surprised I don't hear about more, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, and that's Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I'm surprised I don't hear about him more. Now, I did say, you know, typically big guys don't get a lot of love, and I definitely think that's part of it with him. But he is... Arguably the most prolific player to have played on the Knicks, which is one of the most recognizable franchises. Right. Granted, true. they've been in the doldrums for decades at this point. Um, but you know, I'm just surprised he doesn't get more love from the the New York City contingent and you know, just being one of those greats of the nineties. You know, people talk about Shaq and, and Hakeem, and I feel like Ewing's right up there. So yeah, you know, that's that's a guy that surprises me. I mean, isn't he the first guy that comes to mind when you think Knicks? Absolutely. I mean, for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody... they have they have a great franchise. And you could say Willis Reed and Walt Frazier. You could even, for some people, might be John Starks. Um, King, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they have a lot of greats, all-time greats. Earl, Earl of Pearl Monroe. I mean, we could list off a lot of guys. And Phil Jackson is a coach now, but he played for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Patrick Ewing is a player. I I can't think of anybody who would surpass surpass him at this point anyway.
0: So he's one of your, hey, this guy is kind of uh, underappreciated at this point by history or by the market even. Um, So tell us a little bit more about 90s b-ball cards, how we can connect with you. I mentioned your YouTube channel. Love that and uh, love the Q&A that you just did uh, this week. But um, you know, any any uh any this is your plug-away moment, dude. <laughs> like uh <laughs> grateful for what you do. Thanks for producing content that uh I mentioned your passion, your joy over this this hobby and the information that you're giving out is good stuff. So we need it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so you know, 90s people cards, um on just about every platform. Uh YouTube is where I'm putting out content weekly. Uh, you know, every once in a while when family stuff creeps up, I, I don't necessarily skip many weeks, but every once in a while I'll skip a week, but I try not to. Um, <clears throat> but I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, uh, I've got a Facebook page, uh, and I always joke on my videos. Occasionally I'm on TikTok as well. Um, <laughs> so right. Once in a while. Once in a while I'll you have dabble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I am actually I can I can break some news here. I've I've broken it on my channel, but um some of your audience might not be familiar. Um, I'm going to be starting up a podcast with a childhood friend of mine. Uh, That's going to be coming soon. We don't have a date yet, but uh, we've got some stuff in the works. So very soon. Uh, And that's going to be called the Sports Cards Uncut Podcast. So uh, we do have an Instagram page. So if people want to check out that for any updates and news. um, And we will be talking about uh, not just basketball cards, but primarily basketball and football.
0: Very cool, Jake. That's awesome. You said... This is you and a childhood friend. I think that's so cool. You guys getting together again to do this.
1: Absolutely. Yep. A lot of fun.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, boy, before we let you go, Jake, any last words of advice to us as the NBA season wraps up here? You know, we're basketball card collectors and investors. Any, like, last things that come to
1: mind? Uh, Yeah. As a Magic fan, don't sleep on Mo Bamba. Uh... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. That's my guy that's my guy for the magic. So
0: are you the guy that posted a couple days ago, like an Insta photo with like 200 Mo Bamba prism rookies?
1: That was not me. Okay. I, I have very few Mo Bamba cards. So if his card is starting to pop up, I'm going to feel like an idiot. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I loved him coming into the draft out of Texas and I have a history. Sorry. I know we're trying to wrap up, but no, I'll Full of stories. Um, so my brother <laughs> and I watched the NFL and NBA draft, you know, very closely And my team in the NFL is the Packers and forever with very few exceptions, they've disappointed me with their first round and second round picks and the magic historically since the nineties, anyway um, have disappointed me with their first round picks that year. I was going into it saying I want Obama and my brother was saying there's no chance. And then they drafted him (laughs) and I was elated. So um, to see, he hasn't gotten as much run as I think he should. And now they've, they've you know, trade away a bunch of their uh, larger name. Holders, and now he's getting more burn and, and putting up some better numbers is music to my eyes, but I don't, have, like I said, I don't have a lot of his cards. So that's why it's music to my eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. But he's still, he's still a good deal to get in on. He's at least an affordable, Uh, you know, if you're starting in on a low budget, you, you can jump in on some Mo I, Absolutely. What do you think of, what is jonathan isaac to you is he is he anything
1: in the future i understand jonathan isaac <laughs> <laughs> and and i I'll, I'll did why. I know that was coming <laughs> right so i for for uh, this is probably going to get the ire of a lot of people but for <laughs> basketball and college i like duke and jonathan and isaac from florida state florida like state. you know they're like the <laughs> the one team that always has Duke's number when they're going for an undefeated season, or, you know, if they're in the uh, March Madness, uh, NCAA tournament, Florida State just seems to be that one team that always just um, things up for Duke. So Jonathan, um, Florida State. Uh, this is personal for you. It, it's a little personal. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't like him going into the draft because he's kind of one of those guys that, that I like a guy who has a or a piece of his game that he's a master of. <laughs> And Jonathan Isaac can do a little bit of everything. You know, he's one of those guys, you know, he's good at a lot of things, but not great at anything. Um, You know, he's tall, but he's not strong. He's athletic, but he's not that athletic. You know, I would rather Gerald Green from back in the day, uh, who only cares about scoring points and throwing down dunks and hitting threes and couldn't care less about getting rebounds or playing defense. Um, Yeah, I can, I can plan around that with the rest of my team like okay who knows and, what he is yeah but i mean we I'm know for sure magic... he's not healthy yeah <laughs> ever ever Right? people want to complain about zion but yeah there's other guys that are worse you know and i was the magic fan that was saying three years ago to trade away aaron gordon oh. doing they get pennies on the dollars for him so
0: yeah i can't love that Vucevic trade either
1: yeah no and i mean i i wasn't the big his either but the yeah. you know what they got in return for him and you know he was significantly uh better than anybody else on the squad so yeah well jake kind of some other
0: time we should have you on just to talk magic i think that right. would be a lot of fun. and <laughs> absolutely like they have so many lineups in the last three weeks i don't even know what to do with them so maybe maybe you could like help me sort that out later but jake thanks absolutely. so much man for all you do thanks for 90s b-ball cards really appreciate you coming on uh, to hoops and cards today, and uh, thanks for all you do. Hello. To the crossover and then fires, yes! Whoa, what a shot! Hoops and cards fans, I'd love to hear who your underappreciated All Star team is, especially of the '90s. And there's there's so many of them. I mean. Chris Weber, Vin Baker. Come on. We talked about Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. I I don't think Dirk is underappreciated. I just think he's not often in the conversations of all time GOATs that he should be. And I'm not saying put him up there with Jordan or LeBron, but mm, he's he's way up there. I'm just saying. And uh, you might still find some deals on those guys that aren't yet inducted. Dwayne Wade, come on. But loved having Jake with us today, guys. Yes. Check him out. Give him a follow. He uh, mentioned the new podcast coming up. That is that is so cool. Uh, not only to have guys that collect, invest, but also that encourage and inform and inspire the rest of us. And wherever you're at in your journey, there's a place for you if you're ready to just Dive in and start collecting in a way that is profitable, or if you're just like, I I want ideas of players and cards and opportunities to collect for myself, like that, that's got to be a part of it for most of us. And then also, man, if you are just out there saying, I I love to talk sports, I love to talk cards, I'm enjoying this, like maybe it's your turn to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, or, or at the very least, like, um. Give us a shout out with with ideas, feedback, any of those things. Thanks to my new friends. You guys, a lot of you have already done that, and this has been so much fun. So, this is Gary signing off. Another great episode of Hoops and Cards. Have an awesome weekend. Wait, wait a minute. So, So I just finished the podcast recording. I didn't even mention Jaron Jackson Jr. or Karis LeVert. Um, Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to do this whole thing
1: over again.